back to the Frank Take. We are uh, back in mid-July. We haven't been, we haven't recorded a show. We we're just talking about it. We haven't recorded one since um, right before the Super Bowl. So it has been um, a long ride. A lot of stuff happened. Um, I graduated from WSU. Um, and so, yeah, just some different life changes. I have Alec back on the show uh, per usual. Alec, how have you been the last five months? Good, man. It's been a, it's been a long time since we hopped on and did a podcast. Uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of missed it. It's been fun, but I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah. I've got one more year left at uh, WSU. I've just been working for the summer and then for all the football fans that like to listen to this, I will be doing some contract work for pro football focus during the football season. I'm super excited about that opportunity. Um, but yeah, for today, I'm excited to talk some ball with you, man. This is going to be fun. For sure. Yeah, the PFF contract worker is gonna be sweet. He's gonna he's gonna bump Dak's grade up where it should be up in the night. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just kind of our plan for today is pretty loose. We'll just be um, kind of talking about the off season a little bit. There's too much to cover in one podcast, so we'll just kind of hop around and see what we what we um, land on, and we'll specifically be focusing on Dallas and Seattle. Um, a lot of the listeners are Dallas and Seattle fans, and so are we. Uh, so that is um, an area of focus. And then um, we're going to finish off the show with something fun. It'll be a, um, an NFL redraft, basically, where we're the only two guys drafting. We each draft a coach and eight players and um, kind of figure out you know, where our team lands, and then we'll send it out to the audience and, and see the feedback. So, um, yeah, we'll just get right into it. Um, yeah, Alec, what is looking at the Seahawks and kind of their offseason? Uh, it feels like forever ago, but obviously the <laughs> Russell Wilson move is kind of the highlight there. Um, but yeah, what what are you looking at with Seattle's offseason? Um, and yeah, we'll just kind of start off by talking about some of that Russell Wilson news. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's been four months since that Russell Wilson trade, which is kind of amazing to think about because I remember very vividly sitting in my sport law class when I got the notification and I was just absolutely I was blown away. I mean, I knew I knew there was a possibility. I wasn't like totally like, oh, there's no way this will ever happen. But I just you don't see moves like that too often. Right. I mean, you haven't you have an elite franchise quarterback. They, they don't get traded. Very, it's just not something that happens in the league because you have teams that you know literally will wait forever. Some teams have never really had one, like the Chicago Bears. Granted, we don't know what's going to happen with Justin Fields, but there's teams like them that have never actually had one. And when you have one, you don't really want to let them go. But you know, the more you know, as months have passed, um, I think it was kind of inevitable. Um, as more has come out, uh, it's just seemed like there was a lot of mutually it seemed like a pretty mutual decision i know some seahawk fans want to paint you know the the organization in the bad light or russell in the bad light to me it was kind of just the natural point of a breakup uh the 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 organization and the player had been together for a decade i think they had run its course done everything possible um the only thing that i would say is that to be honest about the russell wilson move um i think the return was good i think it was actually really good because he had a no trade clause and that limits your options. He's going to be able to, if you try to trade him to some bad organization, he'll just say, no, I'm not going there. And so it seemed like Denver was really the only logical option. Um, And I thought John and his staff did a pretty nice job of getting a good return um, for a guy that's about to have to sign a new extension with Denver anyway. So I think they did a good job with the return. Um, But I just, 
I wish that if they were truly going to move on from Russell, I wish they would have moved on from all three. I wish Russell, Pete, and John would have all left the organization. Start a completely new era. Just blow the whole thing up and start new. If they would have done that, I wouldn't have even, I would have been understanding. I would have said, you know what, they've run its course. But now there is a lot of trust being put into Pete Carroll and John Schneider. I don't have a ton of faith, um, particularly in... um, I don't have a ton of faith in the roster construction ability right now. Um, I don't know. There's been a lot of mistakes made, you know, over the last like five to seven years that frankly, Russell masked a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But since those Super Bowl years, it's kind of been tough. Some of these roster moves, some of the trades that have been made, I've really disliked that. And they just have not worked. Um, So we'll see. I mean, but you know, with, the Russell move, I mean, it, but I will say just speaking as a fan, it's like it's going to be weird and it's going to be really weird that week one is when he comes back to Seattle. Yeah, uh, that that is, hell, man, I can't believe they actually did that. that I, pretty- oh, I mean, I'm not surprised at all once it happened. I mean, I was like, oh, they're going to I mean, I knew it was going to be in some sort of primetime slot. I didn't know it would be week one, but I mean, I can't be surprised at all that it's, put, that it's Monday night football of week one. Of course, they would do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it's interesting, but it's, it's really, it is crazy just to when the first time when I truly see him out there uh, in, in Lumen field in Seattle, but in another uniform, it's going to be very interesting. It's just not what I would ever have thought I would see. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I'm excited to see that game go down, but I think for Seattle, like they did get, they got some good pieces back. Um, and I like that. It, I actually, it was interesting that they um, went with a mix of picks and players, um, which I kind of like that just because like picks can be, I don't know, like you, you look at teams that trade away like two or three first round picks and you're like, wow, they gave up a haul, like good for them. Um, like good for them getting all those picks, but I don't know, man, like sometimes picks and it, and I know it's inevitable, but sometimes picks just don't work out like I was looking at I mean even with the Jalen Ramsey trade a couple years ago the Rams just gave up that whole I think it was two or three first round picks and you look at um what the Jaguars got out of those picks and the players that they've gotten out of it and it really once you see the actual players you're like ooh, that might have been a good trade for the Rams which at the time you're like wow they way overpaid um but I think it's these with these kind of trades you kind of have to wait obviously a few years and then look back at it um, because you know the the picks that Seattle did get, it really depends on the players that they're able to to get, and that's where I think it's interesting. Is Seattle hasn't been the best drafting team, and like you said, Russ kind of covered up a lot of their mistakes. Um, so I think that it remains to be seen whether it's going to be a good trade or not. But I think anytime you're getting a, a franchise quarterback out of it, you know Denver's probably the team that that has the upper hand, and we'll see. Russ hasn't been his his best self the last couple of years he's had some weird inconsistency, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a, uh, it always feels like a, a pretty crazy thing when you give up your franchise quarterback, no matter what you get back. Yeah. And I mean, also let's face it. I mean, there, there is a lot of pressure on the Broncos and Russell Wilson, right? Oh, now. Totally. There's yeah. a ton. I mean, they have, and I, look, I think it's a good move for them. I mean, I, I've long been, a, I mean, I've been a big Russell supporter. I have always supported that guy. And I, I think some of the criticism he's got from, especially like his old teammates and things really was undue. I've, I've been on that train before, but they, they gave up a pretty significant amount for a guy that 
is of course a great football player, but is also um, he's look, he Russell is not the, he's not a standard drop back in the pocket, sling the ball all over the yard type of quarterback. He can't, he's not going to function at as high of a level in that offense. He can function in it, but he's not going to be elite in that, in that type of offense. He's got to move around. He's got to get the play action. And when he does that, he might be the best in football. Now, Russell, I think really one of the reasons I think he was traded was probably just a clash in philosophy. Like I think he thinks that he can do anything at an elite level, which he should think that, but I don't think that's the reality um, of the situation. But look, regardless, Denver has put everything into him and they're going to have to extend him because his contract's almost up. Um, and they're going to have to make him probably the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, even after the deal Deshaun Watson got. Yeah. And I mean, so they're going to have to give him what, 55 million a year, maybe. Um, I mean, that's just kind of the way the market goes. And so there's pressure. There's big pressure on the Broncos and Russell Wilson. Um, but, you know, there's, hopefully, there's, look, hopefully, hopefully Denver's terrible this year because we have their pick. And I would, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very good. But if Denver's bad too, having two picks in the top half of the first round is the type of thing you can swing package to maybe go up and get one of these young studs coming up in the draft. So, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's going to be pretty interesting how this plays out. Well, and I think with Seattle too, the, the, the bright spot for them is Denver. I don't think that Denver is, um, necessarily like going to be a playoff team or a deep playoff team at that. Like with all the trades that have gone over to the AFC this year and all the free agents that have gone over, like the AFC is way better. They're, I mean, they're like legitimately 10 to 12 teams deep mm-hmm. uh, of teams that are around Denver's level and maybe better than Denver um, in their yeah. own division. I could see them getting fourth, even if they were like 10 and yeah. seven and eight. No, so, they, they have yeah. a better chance of finishing fourth in their division than first, in my opinion. Oh, totally. And they have made a move for a very, very, very great quarterback, of course. But I think he's the third best quarterback in his own division. Yeah. I mean, so he's – and that's not a shot at him. I mean, he's just in a division with two of the best in the league. Yeah. And that's and, that's fully healthy, too, that I think right. they have a better chance yeah. of getting fourth. So an injury, and they could really be – like, they're yeah. not that deep even as a team. To me – to me, Denver is a 10 and seven football team. Maybe they get into the wild card spot, like that six or seven seed, and they probably get bounced in the first round. I don't, I don't think they're much, I think they're a wild card team. I think they, I think if I was betting on it, I would say they get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. I think that's kind of what Denver is. Yeah. And we're going to, I mean, it remains to be seen like their receivers. People talk a lot about those guys. Um, and, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just that they had a bad quarterback, but those, those, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Hamler, like those guys have potential, but that's it. They haven't proven anything yet. So there's still places on that roster where you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, Russ should fix this, but that's not a guarantee yet. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see where Denver um, ends up and, you know, yeah. And then, you know, the other point about Seattle too, um, yeah, what do you think their season is going to look like in terms of, you know, let's say I you know, I know Pete, you know, he's <laughs> we still think we have a championship team and all that. Um but if they get to a point where they're like let's say they start like 1 and 5 or something or or um, you know, 0 oh and 4 or something along those lines. Do you think they start trading pieces um away and go for a full rebuild 
Um, or, you know, what do you think they do? Are they just going to keep the roster um, looking at their cap situation and all that? What would be your move if Seattle gets off to a really bad start? Well, what would be my move or what do I think they're going to do? Because those are different answers. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's explore both a little bit. Well, what they're going to do is they are not going to trade anybody. Look, this it is not it is not in Pete Carroll's DNA, whether whether I think it's right or not. It is not in Pete Carroll's DNA to, quote unquote, tank. Like it just, that's not what he's going to do. And frankly, if he did that, he would have to be fired because all of his, his messaging and his culture, look, I've got a lot of problems with what Pete Carroll does in game with some of his decision-making. I think he's really poor at it for the most part, especially in today's NFL. But I mean, he undoubtedly creates a, he's created a winning culture in Seattle for a long time. Yeah. And if he, if his team goes two and 15, or three and 14 that, I mean, he has like, he's lost, he's lost everything. He'll lose the locker room. He already doesn't have like the cutting edge, like the cutting edge scheme or the, you know, the cutting edge fourth down decision. Like he's like the opposite of that. (laughs) So he would, I mean, he'd be done. So he can't do that. And now what I would do is look, once they traded Russell, like the thing is they've already kind of committed, like they, they extended and re-signed Quandre Diggs, who's a really good player. Um, and, you know, they've made a couple other moves. They brought in uh, Uchenna and Wosu from the Chargers, who's a pretty good pass rusher. I mean, they obviously, they're going really young on the offensive line. Um, they're probably going to be starting two rookie tackles, which is going to be a probably a mess for this year. But I think that's a good thing because, you know, ideally you have your future pillars at tackle, which is a big deal if you have that. Um, so, I mean, they have the, the, the roster is, it's an interesting diet. It's an interesting mix of players. Um, I think there's talent on the roster. Um, but look, I mean, in the NFL, you're not going to do anything with poor quarterback play and the Seahawks might have one of the very worst quarterback rooms in all of football. So, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Like, I, I don't think once they traded Russell, I would have kind of gone in for the rebuild idea. But they didn't. I mean, they've already kind of committed to not doing that by extending Quandre, bringing some of the guys in that they have. Yeah, they're kind of. They're look. They're they're it's in very between. Interesting strategy. You know what? You know what they are. They're in between, and it's and I and I knew they would be, and that's precisely why I wanted. Once Russell was traded, I wanted all of them gone, yeah. because I was like, you just need to start the thing over. Um, and but I think they're in between. I expect Seattle to be. I know some people think they're going to win like three games this year. They're not going to win that few. It's just that they have a pretty easy schedule too, because they're playing a fourth place schedule. So we have a couple teams that are even worse than us on our schedule. Yeah. Um, And Seattle does overperform. Like I think a lot of that is due to Russell. Yeah. um, But there's also person is also Pete Carroll. The Seahawks are going to go like six and 11 or seven and 10. They're going to be kind of, that's what they're going to do. And they're, that's probably not good at all for the franchise because then they're not bad enough to get a high pick, but they're not good enough to make the playoffs. It's the spot you don't want to be. You're in no man's land. And we've I, talked about it on this show. Or though is you're going to have to hope that, you know, Denver isn't like crazy good and they have a, a middle of the first. Yeah. And then you can package together two picks generally to, go, to get into the top five. Yeah. And especially if a team like, I don't know, some middle of the pack team, like, I don't know, the Dolphins or, or like the 49ers or some team just gets decked by injuries. Mm. 
or, or even Dallas just gets decked by injuries, has a high pick. They don't want a quarterback. They'll take the two first. Or, or, if, it, or if a team like Jacksonville is in the top five again, because yeah. they, they don't, they could, I mean, they're always going to need help, but they certainly don't need a quarterback. No, so, yeah, that's so true. it's te- like, there, there's options like that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other, that's the other possibility too, is there's a lot of good quarterbacks. And then you have like, a bunch of teams like the Jets and the Jags and the Bears um, that have drafted quarterbacks that like, and even maybe, well, I guess the Texans could still use a quarterback, but teams that have drafted quarterbacks very recently that are still really bad. Um, so yeah. if there's a bunch of good quarterbacks, the quarterbacks might slide a little farther um, than, yeah. than they normally would. So yeah, no, it's going to be interesting for Seattle um, this year, but yeah, they. I, I don't think they'll win three. I think I had them at five wins. Um, yeah, but we'll see. They're somewhere between five really... and seven wins. Five yeah. and seven wins. I think they're in that range. Yeah, yeah. And you never really know till the season starts. Like, you know, Drew Locke might have a stint where he plays a little bit better. Um, like, I don't think he's he, like terrible through and through. I think he does have some potential. So, we'll see. But, um, but yeah. So that'll be. It's going to be interesting. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to, to Dallas a little bit. Um, we haven't even, we haven't done a podcast, like I said, all off season. So, you know, in the midst of all that, we lost Amari Cooper, lost Randy Gregory. We cut Lyle Collins. He goes to the <laughs> Bengals. Um, like we've definitely made, we've definitely regressed, I think, as a team um, because we lost Cooper and we were, we replaced him with James Washington from the Steelers and Jalen Tolbert in the draft. Um, And then we lost Randy Gregory to Denver and we drafted Sam Williams, who's kind of an edge guy. Um, And then on our offensive line, we replaced Lyle Collins with uh, Tyler Smith, who is um, obviously a question mark because he's a rookie. And so, yeah, these moves are interesting because, Dallas didn't really get the compensation back that you might hope for some pretty solid players. Um, you know, we weren't really, I mean, we were able to trade Amari Cooper, but that was for, you know, a bag of chips. Like we didn't get anything significant out of him. Um, and so, you know, kind of we're, we're left with an offensive line. That's pretty shaky. Um, it's kind of anchored down by two stars, but Tyron Smith is always injured. Um, and then our, our wide receivers Gallup was coming off an ACL, Cooper's out. So it's CD's first year in a one spot. Um, so there's some, there's some interesting stuff with Dallas. I think they definitely have regressed. Um, and they're not really trying to force their way into contention this year, which I think is smart. So they're saving money for the future. Like Cooper would have been a lot of money down the road because he was on a five year, a hundred million dollar contract. So he would have been 20 million for another two or three years, I think. Um, and then we had, uh, Lyle Collins, his salary was really low this year, but it was going to go up for his guaranteed money, um, next year. And so cutting him, I guess they saved some money there. That's the move. That's the most shaky to me. And then Randy Gregory, obviously, um, I don't think we wanted to lose him, but we did. And so, you know, that's another guy that you save money on. Cause that would have been a $75 million contract. Um, so yeah, Dallas has definitely regressed. I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on some of those moves. Cause it's, you know, it's tough. It's like, I'm kind of in between on them. Um, like I, I don't really understand fully what's going on. Um, but it does seem to be Dallas's philosophy to kind of keep the future in mind. They don't really go all out like the Rams do. 
Yeah, it's uh, they've had an interesting off season. And I also, you know, I haven't followed all of it quite as close, but I was, I was curious what your thoughts were on their draft, because I think Dallas had a very interesting draft because I think their top two picks look, it's the draft. So regardless, like every player has risk. Like there's no, there's no sure bet. Even people that say like Aiden Hutchinson's a sure bet. Look, I mean, he's going to, I think he'll be a really good player, but we, you never know now they, but according to a lot of the evaluations, like Tyler Smith is a very talented, but super raw offensive lineman. And Sam Williams was also super duper talented, but had some like had some definitely some off the field issues, which I mean, let's be honest, that kind of Dallas has never been scared of guys like that. And, <laughs> no, I no, no, and so I'm just curious. I, I like Jalen Tolbert. I thought that was a good pick, but I, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on their draft because I'm, I think their draft has high potential of like their first two guys could be serious busts. Like, I, I think they have that potential now they could work. Like they're both very talented players, but yeah, they're going to have to develop those guys correctly. And then you have to ask, do you trust this coaching staff to de- develop them correctly? I don't know if I, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that uh, you're uh, you've still got the head coach that you have. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I think he's on his last year. Yeah. Guys, but, yeah, no, it is. It's an interesting draft. Um, I hadn't really looked into or heard much of Tyler Smith at all. Um, so when we drafted him, I was a little bit surprised, um, especially because the Ravens drafted Linderbaum, the pick after us. Right, which I thought you guys might do. I did. Yeah, no, that's what I that's what I thought. And we already had Con- Connor McGovern as one of our t- uh, one of our guards, and then Terrence Steele at tackle. Both of them had played some time and were pretty pretty decent. So um, I thought we would address center first, although Tyler Biotish is pretty average as well. Like we have, we have three guys basically on our O-line that are like average. Um, and so that's kind of a scary position to be in because average guys, some years they're better and some years they, they're, they're worse. You know, it's, it's, they really are just like they're average. Um, but no, I think our, I think Dallas is in a, a spot where um, they, they do have a lot of talent on the roster and so you don't have to play it quite as safe. And not saying that you're trying to draft busts, but I think Dallas has taken some risks on some raw guys in the past, and it's turned out. And so they they feel like they can do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it obviously it remains to be seen um, what <laughs> what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, no, I I don't know. I I was pretty neutral on the draft, and I've gotten to a point where I just trust Dallas as a yeah. drafting team like they've drafted well they draft they draft very well they yeah draft so well. i'm like you know you're gonna have some busts like we drafted taco charlton and yeah. i think part of this they've they've done this strategy too so we used to draft a lot based on scheme um and like oh they fit our scheme and then and then in 2017 we missed on a few guys and one of those was we drafted taco charlton because he fit perfectly in our scheme but in doing that we passed on tj watt and they were like yeah we thought tj was more talented but we didn't think yeah. he could play within our thing. And so now they've kind of gravitated to the to the other side of the coin, which is like, hey, if this guy's talented, stick him somewhere and he'll make it work. And last year, um, it was kind of the same thing with Micah Parsons. Like yep. people were like, dude, this guy is really good. And Dallas probably wasn't going to draft him. They were going to go for a corner because that was their position of need. But even when it came to it to the pick, I was like, oh man, 
I don't know if Dallas is going to draft Micah because we don't need a linebacker, but they just went for it anyway. Cause he was talented and you know, that worked out. And so, and obviously he's probably less risky than the guys we drafted this year, but I think, yeah, Dallas is fine taking risks. Um, especially when you have a you know, some pieces in place, you're like, Hey, we might as well take a risk, but you know, we'll see. Uh, the draft, like you said, is always just a toss up. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's very easy to like, you know, you're either praised or criticized with every yeah. pick because the guy, you know, especially early picks. So we'll see. I, I wasn't like upset yeah. about the draft, um, but it, they weren't like, you know, I, I probably would have rather had the center and for option, but. Well, in terms of the draft, like you meant, it's always, I think I, I get real upset with some of these personnel people in the NFL when they get too cute with the draft. Like you, I mean, you got to trust your board and you should always draft best player on your board. I don't think teams should be looking at scheme stuff because it's like, like you mentioned with TJ Watt, it's like, Oh, well, we don't know if he'll totally fit our scheme. TJ Watt can play in any scheme. Like, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The guy's just a good football player. Same with Micah Parsons. You could put him in any scheme in the NFL and he'll succeed. He's that good of a football player. So like sometimes these teams, I think get a little, they get a little too cute, but I will say one thing about Dallas um, to, to end on a positive note for me. Um, if you play fantasy football, draft CD Lamb because I think CD Lamb is going to. I think CD Lamb will finish in the top five for receivers. I think that guy's going to have a huge year. I think he's he's plenty talented enough. He's clearly the number one guy there now. Um, I expect a big year from CD Lamb. I think he's going to have a really big year. Yeah. No. I. I he's on my. Uh, fan, we have a fantasy league that's keeper. So yeah. I drafted him when he was a rookie, and I've kept yeah. him. He's yeah. He's the year. He is. He will be going in the probably the second round of a lot of fantasy, just the yearly fantasy drafts. That guy's going to have a very, very good year. Yeah, no, I, I think he's going to be a stud, um, and I'm excited to see him get more targets. I think Dallas didn't target him enough a little bit. No, later, no, I, I actually think he's a better receiver than Amari Cooper is. I thought that, I thought he was last year. All around, right. yeah, no, I, I think he is too. Um, yeah. I think Coop had like – he just had like a presence and a calmness, and he yeah. was like open, but yeah. he wasn't like – it wasn't – it wasn't a move where I was like really torn up about it. Um, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I oh, get man, it. he was kind of a nice luxury to have. Um, but I will say with Dallas, despite the fact that I think we are a worse team than we were last year by a pretty considerable amount. Like, I, I don't think um, Dallas is going to be nearly as talented as they were last year. But who really cares? It didn't. It didn't amount to anything. Um, <laughs> but no, I think Dallas. We know this. I still think Dallas gets nine to ten wins. Um, because they're known for beating up on bad teams. Yeah. And our schedule is a cakewalk. Like yep. we have the Giants twice and Washington twice. Um, hopefully you get three wins out of there. You should get four. Um, and then we we also play Detroit, Chicago, Houston, and yep. Jacksonville. All wins. That should be seven right there. Like unless you really fuck yep. the bag, that should be seven wins. And then, you know, aside from that, we have some other like winnable games that aren't like crazy tough because we play Indianapolis, Tennessee, Minnesota, and then Philly twice. So it's like you figure out of those, out of those, um, six, what is that? 11 games or yeah, I think that's yeah. games. you, you should get nine or 10 wins out of just that. Um, and then we have some tougher games too. Cause we have, we play green Bay, the Rams, the bucks, yeah, all the first place teams. So the, uh, the Cowboys and Eagles, those two games they play, 
um, be huge. It, 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 well, those are the division deciders because I expect those teams to finish within a game of each other. Um, probably both kind of in that anywhere. I think both teams finish anywhere from nine and eight to maybe 11 and six. I think they're kind of in there. Um, and th- so really those two games are going to decide it. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, should be, it should be interesting to watch those two, those games. Those, those will be interesting. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see how the, how the NFC and everything shakes up. Um, Cause I mean, who knows if Dallas does get to nine or 10 wins, that could get you into the playoffs this year with the it will it will in the NFC like it will both 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 Dallas and Philly are probably going to be playoff teams. I just am curious which team will win the division. I think Philly is going to win the East, um, but I think Dallas will get in. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, I'm honestly like, we'll see. I, and I I just need to see how Dallas's O line functions. Like some of it is just. You know, like in, in Jalen Tolbert and James Washington and how healthy is Gallup when he comes back and, yep. you know, it, is Diggs going to be the same? Like, you know, maybe not 12 picks, but like, is he going to improve? Like there's some factors that I'll need to see with Dallas. I'm not sold on them, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, an interesting season for sure. And it does, it, it's nice that the NFC is weak too. Um, I think like for Dallas, it's good that they didn't force it because, there's no need to like trade around and sign guys and try to compete this year because the reality is whatever we do, we're not going to be better than Tampa Bay, Green Bay, or LA. Um, and so it's like, dude, just sit in the middle of the pack, <laughs> maybe slip into the playoffs and see what happens. Um, but I'm like, dude, don't, don't force it. Wait for yep. the retire when we have some more cap room and then, you know, then maybe go for it. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting. And so, yeah, that's, that's, my thoughts on Dallas and Seattle and um, is there anything else you want to cover in the, in the off season before we move on to the draft? Well, I think, you know, we don't have to talk too much about it, but I think, you know, the other, the, I think the big, the, the big storyline is definitely the receiver movement. Um, not only in terms of team, like in terms of moving teams like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, which I mean, really, which it's crazy that the two best receivers in football probably have moved teams like that. That is, that's pretty, pretty incredible, but not just that it's just the market, what these guys are getting paid. I mean, you know, here in Seattle, I mean, I'm waiting for a DK Metcalf extension. I'm expecting that to come really within the week. I mean, it could happen at any time and I'll be curious to see what he's paid. Like, I mean, I would like to keep him somewhere between 23 and 25 million a year, but if he gets 30, I'm not going to be surprised. It's just kind of the way the market's going now. And, yeah, I think just looking at the receiver market and the craziness of that is really something because it's really like kind of developed into that really in the last couple of years. Totally. Yeah, no, it's it's shot up. It's becoming a receiver league for sure, um, which is interesting. Yeah, teams are like no longer – it's not like you have one stud receiver and then a couple, you know, random guys. Like teams are going for two or three deep, you know, um, which – you know, that, that wasn't how it used to be. Um, so that's pretty interesting, but I don't know. Do you think DK is, if, if he did demand like 29 or 30, um, you know, a, do you think Seattle will go for it and B, what would your thoughts be? Would you want to keep him or? Well, here's, here's the thing. I, I, if Seattle was going to trade DK, I think they needed to do it before the draft. Yeah. Probably during the draft, like what the Titans did with AJ Brown. Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
I don't know, like what, what I think at this point, I think there's mutual interest. Like I actually think DK wants to come back, but he, even with the quarterback situation, he just has got to be paid correctly. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, if he's, I think 30 is really steep. I wouldn't like that too much, but if they keep him in the mid twenties, yeah, I would do it. I mean, I mean, he's look, he's a great player yeah. and I mean, he's probably, I mean, you could debate it. He's somewhere in the eight to 12 range of receivers in the league. Right. I mean, that's, so he's a really good player and because the, the receivers are great in the league right now. And um, you want guys like that. If you, you know, the Seahawks, maybe they're not going to call it a rebuild. It's a retool, but you need good, talented young players and your foundation. And he would be one. Yeah. So um, I'd like for them to keep him, but I just hope they can get it on a, like, you know, if they could carbon copy the four year, $100 million deal, the Eagles did with uh, AJ Brown to sign me up for that. So hopefully it can be something along those lines. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, that's a, that's pretty reasonable um, for DK. And yeah, I think hopefully, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but it'll be, I mean, he could be one too, where, you know, you can't agree to a contract beforehand and then yeah. it, if Seattle's like not looking good or if some team is in desperate need of a receiver trade deadline, maybe Seattle yep. has some takers, but hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, but um, yeah, it's uh, it was a pretty crazy off season and um, yeah, there's a also a lot going- real, real quick. Does Deshaun Watson get one year suspension or what does he get? Dude, I, I think he'll maybe not a year. Is it is the, is a year the only option? Because I well, no, I mean it could be it could be anything. I think what I've heard is that got to be four. Yeah, well, I've heard the NFL like from the NFL side of things, like the Roger Goodell side, like they're pushing for an indefinite suspension with the ability to reapply after one year. Wow! So it's at least a year. Yeah. Now the NFLPA, of course, is going to be like, well, no, because they have you know, and it gets into all the different cases that have happened in the league and. Yeah. You know, just some of the bad stuff that's gone on. My best guess is that he, I, I actually think he does get a year. I think they're going to take this pretty seriously. I think, um, I don't know, you know, for people that follow baseball, there's a similar thing with Trevor Bauer. Um, and he got two years from yeah. major League baseball. And I think the NFL is not, I don't think there's stupid people in the, in the front office of the league. I think they know that they need to, after seeing that type of suspension, they can't just give them four games. Like they, they're going to have to do something significant. So I'm expecting a year. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, what's interesting though, is why the Browns signed him. Oh God. Yeah. That's just a mess. Like, the, the criminal charges got, um, got waived, like, right. which I don't know fully what that means, but I, I think like, he's not going to go to jail basically. Right. He just can't go to prison. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, it was like, but these girls are going to come forward with lawsuits and yeah. you know, be in court for a long time. But and he's and he's going to settle a bunch of them. But it doesn't. But they're still going to, you know. Yeah, but it was, yeah. I'm just like, dude, why the Browns? Like, that just seems so weird that you wouldn't talk to the NFL first. So I'm just very interested to see, and I'm sure a lot of stuff will come out. But yeah, it's interesting that he would that they would just be so fast to sign him, and then they've dealt Baker now too. So I know. Now you're by the time with by the time problem. we do a. By the time we do a podcast next, I, I mean, his suspension may be announced by the time we do one next. So yeah. we'll have more to talk about. But, yeah, that's the other – I mean, that's also the other big story just because that whole thing from just kind of the sports business and legal aspect is a pretty amazing story and kind of an interesting case. But Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there'll be more on that, and I'm sure it'll be a storyline throughout this year. Um, 
but yeah, so now kind of phasing into our next um, portion of this, this show will be the NFL redraft. So I'm going to set some parameters for us and then we'll just go for it. Um, yeah, we'll be drafting eight players and a coach. So round zero, that's what I call it. The first round will be the coach. We'll each draft a coach and then it'll be round one. So to, <laughs> I, the, the, Round one, we we have to draft quarterbacks, and that's so that a team can't find a loophole. Like, because no. it's going to be a snake draft, so I'd hate to have you go first and draft a quarterback, and then me draft a quarterback last. That's kind of an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah, the drop off from QB one and QB two, it won't be you know. So we'll do it snake draft though. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah. What are you thinking? You want to draft? Let's see. You well, I, I, w- one question about the parameters so that we're clear on everything for the whole for the thing here. Yeah, we are drafting this based on where the players are currently in their career and going forward or just for one year uh, where they currently are and going forward. So but this is your this is your GM model. So you're taking, right. your, let's say, a team and it's like if you don't care about this, if you just want to win, you know, you might draft Tom Brady right. or Donald, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you could take it as like a futuristic team too. So, you know, you could have all guys under whatever you, so ultimately the goal is to be as good as you can be in one year. Yeah. As good as you can be, um, in one year. Well, actually, no, this is, this is just going, we'll say this is a five year window. Okay. Okay. Then that, that changes. Perfect. 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 We won't go the full 10 because then you might be drafting a lot of rookies and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's why I wanted to make sure. Okay. Five-year window. Perfect. Five-year window. Yep. Um, so, you know, you're probably safe drafting a guy up right. until like 30. Here's here's what I think. Here's what I think. Um, you can have the coach first um, and then I will. So you're we're, for the player draft, you'll get the first pick in theory. And then I would get two, three, correct? Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to take two, three on the, uh, Snake drop. Okay. And then it, it keeps snaking after that. So, yep. so you'd get four or five and then. Yep. Okay. Sweet. So yeah, um, I'll draft coach first and um, yeah. Who's going to captain my ship. I'm going to go, this might be risky. I'm going to go Sean McVay. Uh, oh. I just like, I just like McVay. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's, he's young. I think he resonates with the players. I think his, I, I like his aggressiveness too. Like he has to play some role with the Rams um, in like how they do contracts and maybe not the contract money side, but how they go about approaching players. Um, and I just like that aggression. I want my franchise to be about that. So I'm going to take Sean McVay with my first pick, um, which leaves you with your pick of coach, right? Yeah, that that hurts because you stole my coach. <laughs> um well, because it's interesting. Like, I, I'm, I mean, obviously, like, there's like the obvious name. I'm sure people listening are be like, well, Bill Belichick. Of course, he's the greatest ever, and like, of course, he's the greatest ever. But like, I don't know if I want him at this stage. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of like a dinosaur, yeah. you know? Right. Like, I like the idea of like a younger coach. Yeah. And, I mean, McVay would have been the best option there. So I'm, I'm actually between two coaches right now, and they're kind of. They're kind of different. I'm, I'm thinking either Andy Reid, who's definitely on the older side, but has had tons of success and still has a pretty advanced offense, or Kyle Shanahan. Mm. And 
Uh, I'm going to, I'm actually going to, oh, oh. <laughs> I think I'm going to choose Andy Reid. Right. I, uh, I like what he's built in Kansas City. He's he's won everywhere he's been. So I'm going to take Andy Reid. Andy Reid was second on my board. So I think yeah, yeah. I think we yeah, I think we got him right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So am I starting now on the quarterbacks? Yeah. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. If I'm starting quarterback, then I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. I think a. I I just think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. Um. And yeah, I mean, I, I think pairing him with Sean McVay is pretty scary too. Like, even though McVay had Stafford this year, like imagine what he could do with Mahomes' skill set. Um, so yeah, I'm taking Mahomes at one. I don't think that's too surprising. Um, so yeah, that that's the dude leading my franchise. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a good selection. Um, the reason that I chose to go second here is because I figured you would take Mahomes and Mahomes is actually not who I would take. And as much as, as much as I love Mahomes and I mean, obviously like if this was a one year thing, I might still take old man Tom Brady because I just don't know if I can bet against him in a one year. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen will be better than Patrick Mahomes over the next five years. Okay. Wow. I I mean, Josh Allen was second on my board to be fair. Those are the only two quarterbacks I had on the board. Right. But that's interesting. You think like definitively better, like, yeah, I, don't I think anything develops in his game to me. I think that here's, here's the difference. I think that as they're both incredible, incredible players, but Josh Allen is like, he's kind of the most ridiculous like thing I've seen play because he, He's obviously just – he's great. He can throw from outside the pocket, inside the pocket. He can operate any offense. And Mahomes is, of course, a great athlete and can move. But Josh Allen, you can just design like five, ten plays a game for him to run. And he – I think that separates him a little bit because of his size because I also trust that even with his running, he's built like Cam Newton is. So I, I like trust him to stay healthier. Um, and also, I just – I am I just think Josh Allen is incredible. Like – um you know, we'll get into season predictions over the course of uh, our podcast, but I fully expect the Bills to uh, to hoist the Lombardi this upcoming season. So I'm going to take the quarterback of that team that I think is ready to go. And I think pairing him with Andy Reid would be a pretty uh, scary deal. Pretty nasty combo. Yeah. Well, now you've got the third pick in the draft. Yeah. So who you uh, Who's buddying up with Josh Allen? <laughs> so I have my pick of anyone here, correct? No, anyone in the whole league. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of tough. That's kind of a daunting task. Um, well, you know, here here's the thing. So, I mean, you could obviously, I think for me, like we're, we don't have enough to like truly like, we can't draft out an offensive line. We can't draft out like a defensive whole team. You just want to pick players that can really – you know, help in that aspect. And here's the deal. Like, I know it's a five-year window. I know there was talk about him deciding to walk away, but he's back. And I'm going to take the player that I think might be the best player in the, in the NFL at a position that frankly, it matters because when I'm trying to, you know, come after the best players in the league, like your guy, Patrick, I need a guy who can get after him. I'm taking Aaron Donald. All right. Okay. Aaron Donald. Interesting. I had, yeah, I uh, I mean, I could definitely see that Donald is is unreal. I think because Here, here's the deal too, like the receivers. There's so many good receivers in the league that I'll, I'll come back around and grab one here. But I feel comfortable 
like leaving maybe the very top guy on my board off and taking to me far and away the best defensive player in the league at the most important position. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think that I can, I can see the logic in that for sure. Um, so yeah, that, that leaves me with the next two picks. Yes, it does. And I just got three letters for my next two picks, which is LSU. <laughs> I'm taking Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. To good, good, up with call, good call. Good call. So I'm taking both those guys. A, I think the, the chemistry and the friendship they have, that's just got to be something you look at. And then if we're looking over a five-year window, I think those guys could be the best receivers over the next five years. I Absolutely. Think, Great. Yeah, I think with Tyreek Hill, he'll lose a little speed. I think, you know, Devontae Adams is getting older. I think CD is not on their level. Um, you know, same thing with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. All those guys are good. But I think Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase are like the two most complete receivers possibly. Mm-hmm. And they're both really young. Um, and then I think you pair him up with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Sean McVay's system. I'm like, dude, because you look at Cooper Cup, that was another candidate too. But um, he, th- there was a stat that came out that he has the highest percentage of snaps where he's lined up on a linebacker. So McVay is really good at moving him around, moving guys around. So I just think the production with Mahomes, McVay, all those guys, I think Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase together, like, man, that's exciting. So I'm going with the, uh, I'm going with the offensive air attack like Patrick Mahomes likes, and I'm taking Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as my three and four pick, or as my uh, as my two and three pick, which leaves you with the next two picks. Yes, it does. That's those are great picks. Um, those were those were like two of my top receivers, not the two top, but definitely two of the uh, guys towards the uh, high end here. You know, when you look at kind of what I'm going to, what I'm looking at here. So you want, you want five years. So you have to start looking because obviously receiver is the next spot and you have to start looking at age and like, do you start getting concerned about um, just, you know, the drop off. And that's where I think Tyreek Hill kind of slips in my board because I just, I worry that with him getting up there in age, you know, one, one hamstring tweak, one calf pull, one significant injury, God forbid. Yeah. Um, it might be it. I mean, he might be in real trouble. Um, so I'm going to take two receivers that even though both are not, you know, necessarily on the young side with Andy Reed's, um, with Andy Reed's ability to move them around and their skills one-on-one, um, I'm going to take Devonte Adams and Cooper cup. Okay. Devontae yeah. Adams, Cooper cup. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm- still think, I still think Devonte Adams for the next two to three years is the best receiver in football. Wow. And I will and I will take I will take that until he falls probably off the cliff. And then Cooper Cup's ability to get open against anybody with Andy Reid's ability to get people open. Yeah. No, I think that's a pretty deadly combo as well. Um and yeah, what yeah, I think it'll be with those two guys too, like I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen combining them with Josh Allen, what would kind of be your vision of like you know, are you guys running a lot of deep, deep threats, keeping it short? Like what, or just anything, honestly, he could do. I mean, like, I think Josh can do anything. Like I know people like to talk about, you know, his hose of an arm, he could throw it 80 yards down the field, which I mean, sure he can, but I mean, I, I, I will, I mean, he can throw deep to some of these guys too. And I'm not, not too worried about the, this offense's ability to move the ball. I think they, uh, 
they will be just fine. And and look, these guys are getting a little bit more up there in age. Um, you know, frankly, like this is one of those things where early on, I can already tell that my team is probably better equipped to win a Super Bowl in two years in the next two. And yours is probably better for the next five. Uh-huh. You were taking a little bit different approaches to this. And I think yeah. that's good. which is interesting. I like it. That's yeah. Because yeah. we are taking I'm taking guys that are like, I think in their primes, but they're getting close to exiting. Yeah. And so I, but I like what I've built. Like, I think this, I, w- I would feel good about it like right away. But yeah. in five years, your team will be better than mine. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, all these guys are, all these guys are proven. And that, that would be interesting. Cause if it was an, if you're trying to produce success over the next five, let's say your team takes the first two. Yep. If they're better equipped, mine maybe takes the last two. You know, it gets kind of fuzzy in the middle. That's where it'd be yeah. really interesting. Yeah. No, that's taking different strategies. All right, your next two. Well, my next two, um, I feel like I got to go defense just because I don't have any defense yet, and you have Aaron Donald already. Um, and this one, so I'm going off the basis, and it looks like you might have too. Like Jalen Ramsey's a stud, um, and corner. there's some good corners in the league, but I'm going off the basis that you can – if you formulate a defensive line that rushes the passer fast, yeah. like you can have more average defensive backs, or you could get something like like a Trayvon Diggs, a guy that jumps routes. And that's where he benefited last year because Dallas had a good pass rush, and so he could be jumpier. So I'm taking defensive linemen, guys who can get pressure. Yep. And what's funny is I'm gonna take I'm gonna take two guys that the Cowboys should have had <laughs> had they not messed up in a draft. Um, and they're taking I'm, – I'm taking Micah Parsons and TJ Watt. Um, yep. Both of those guys I'm, I feel really good about. Both of them are young. They fit right into the scheme that I want where, you know, Perfect. guys are entering the prime later. Um, and, yeah, I mean, two of the highest win rates in the NFL, I feel like those guys get a lot of pressure. And I like that Micah can be like a middle linebacker too. So I'm kind of – Absolutely. Well. Yeah, he was he was next on my board of defensive players. That was a that's a good selection. Yeah, Micah Parsons. That's good to know. I like I like it that there's a Cowboys player out there. It's just like you know everybody likes him so far. Mm-hmm. He hasn't messed up yet. He's likable. He's he's good. Yeah, yeah. I love Micah. Absolutely. So that so, gets to the next the next two, obviously. Yeah. So this is where, you know, like I've kind of done the thing where, you you know, I just took the two receivers. You've kind of gone the route of just taking two, you know, you took two receivers and two defensive linemen. Well, I'm kind of in a spot where I already have the best defensive player and the best D lineman. <laughs> I, I want another, but I don't, so I don't need two. So I'm going to split this up a little bit here. Um, with a, So I'm going to take one defensive player and one offensive player. All right. Um, Look, running backs don't matter, so I'm not taking a running back. Facts, dude. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did not fall into that. Yeah. I didn't even. Have no, I, no, you don't. You don't need it. Like Derrick Henry's a great football player, but I'm not as good as he is. Like I don't need him this yeah. early. Um. So, what I do want is, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Miles Garrett for defensive line, because at 26, I still trust that he has probably three to four years of really high-end production left in him. At least. And yeah, and I, I think, yeah, good luck blocking Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. That's not going to be fun. Um, 
And then that leaves me obviously with receivers and even tight ends. Yeah. Um, because look, I mean, offensive line, like, I mean, I could take, you know, Trent Williams, but that's not very fun. Like those guys aren't, those guys aren't fun for this exercise. No, they're not. And they don't get the crowd vote either, even if they're right. Right. So, I mean, like, I think Trent Williams might be one of the five best players in football, but I mean, it's just, it's not what we're going to do for this exercise. Yeah. So leaves me with receivers and uh, if this is gets kind of hard because you have to weigh like the best receivers in football versus the ones that you like project out to be um, yeah the best guys too. To be honest, like I'm literally deciding as we talk. So because <laughs> this is when you start having to make decisions that like are gonna really yeah. like impact your team. Yeah. Um, you can think for a sec and I'll fill it in with some yeah. defensive strategy, which was interesting. So Micah, so my defensive board went Micah Parsons one. Okay. Watt two, Miles Garrett three. Cause remember, I'm trying to build a right. team that builds into it. And then I had Aaron Donald at four. Sure. So, so we just reversed the boards. Yeah. So you although did- not exactly. Not exactly. Because okay. I had Miles, so I had Parsons two. Okay. And Garrett three watt four. I had the same four, but I had Donald one and then like that. Yeah. 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 So that's interesting um, that we, that we had that. And I also, mine is all top heavy with defensive line. I didn't have any linebackers or corners until farther down. Yeah. Not neither did I. Yeah. Which I think, okay, hold on. I'm still, I'm still between two. Oh, you're good. When I, uh, when I listened to the, some of the, so I listened to some different podcasts throughout the, last couple of weeks and one of the shows that was doing this, they had a, a lot of dead air time, which was interesting because they're usually like chatterboxes, but yeah, like thinking they're really competing. And remember right. this on, on Instagram too. So these will be, these will be fan voted. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's, here's the strategy. This is gonna This is probably going to blow some people away, but there's a reason for this because of who my quarterback is. And this matters because we're still, you know, we're going to take into account a little bit of what we're going to look at chemistry, right? We're going to look at some of that. And remember my, my team has been built to win. Like if this five-year window, I want to win the first two for sure. Maybe the, and then the third. Yeah. So I look at some of these receivers. There's some good, you know, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. I'm not, I'm not sold. Tyreek Hill, I'm worried about injury with his speed kind of thing. DeAndre Hopkins, I don't trust him to really stay on the field. So I'm going to take a guy who's been durable and a guy who's got great connection with Josh Allen. We're going to take Stephon Diggs as my third receiver. Okay, Stephon Diggs. Wow, yeah. Yeah, what's – uh, yeah, what do you – I mean, you men- mentioned the chemistry with with um, with Josh Allen. I think that's a big factor too. Yeah. And how old is Stephon Diggs? He's, he's, on- 27. he's 27. Yeah, he's on the younger side. Yeah. He's not, he's not that much older than some of these guys that, you know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's a few years older, but I, like I said, like you, you see how I built this team. I built it for two to three really good years. Yeah. That's how I built this team out after that. Look, we might not be, we might not be very good. What you're going to have to do as a GM is be, be really good about guessing when the guys are about to decline, like a stop when they, when they have a great year and you're like, they got to decline. Then you swap them for picks. Bam. Mm-hmm. Good. That's what you got to do. And Stephon Diggs is not like my f- total favorite player, but with the quarterback that I have and him being really the third option, 
And yeah. I, I like, I like the, uh, you know, this, this offense is not going to be a huge, enormous deep threat offense, but it is certainly going to be a offense that will the, they're going to own the intermediate area of the field. Good luck with these three guys. They're all good at it. No, that's actually, no, that's very valid. I mean, that is like, yeah. Cooper cup, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs. They're all super, super good over the middle. Super great, great route runners. They all get open. Yeah. Yeah. You can mix it up. You can do a lot of different things with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's big time. Um, all right. Well, I am going to, Oh, and, Let's say, yeah, my team, you know, whatever. One of us is an AFC team. One of us is an NFC team. So there is the possibility that we meet in the Super Bowl, right? Oh, these teams would definitely meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. <sighs> this is... It's, it gets tougher. <laughs> um, because I really like the Bosa's a lot. I yep. don't like their injury history as much, and I know that I already have two really good pass rushers. Yep. Um. So, and if I'm going to have any chance in the Super Bowl, I need to hopefully take one of your receivers, you know, out of the game or, or at least limit him. So I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey as one of mine because um, I like Jalen Ramsey a lot. And he's still, you know, he's on the younger, he's in his sixth year. He's on the young, he's, he more fits your scheme. He's not as young as my guys, but yeah. we need a little bit of veteran leadership. Yep. I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, this is going to be my veteran leadership draft because I'm taking Jalen Ramsey and then – you know, kind of like you did. I want, I want my, my quarterback to feel comfortable. And I also like drafting this guy because I think yeah, I know where you're going. McVay. Yeah. He gives Sean McVay a lot of room to mix it up. So I'm going Travis Kelsey as my next one after Jalen Ramsey. So I was, deci- I was deciding between Kelsey and Diggs. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So Travis I just went with the chemistry tight end, which makes yeah. sense, but I wasn't sure that I was going to go for a tight end, but I couldn't pass it up. Right. Yeah. So, so now I've got, we'll do a little recap here. Cause you're going into your last two picks. Yeah. I've got one more after that. Um, so I've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Josh Allen. That's pretty, pretty comparable. Um, <laughs> and then at my receivers, I've got Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase and Travis Kelsey. And you've got Cooper cup, Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs. And then on the defensive side of things, because remember, I have one more player so far. So I have Jalen Ramsey, TJ Watt, and Micah Parsons. Right. You have got uh, Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. Yep. Oh, these two teams are nasty. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good. There's not a lot to criticize with either one. No, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah. So you draft your last two. And then actually, we'll draft. <laughs> We'll make it 10. We've got a little extra time. So we'll make it okay. 10 players. So you've got a little more time now. Hopefully that doesn't okay. off your strategy. But. Well, a little, a little. Okay. That's, that's all right. So, hmm. Yeah, this – so this gets this gets tough. Now, like, we're into, like, you have to start looking at, at value and things that, like, kind of will matter. Because, like I said, I am not drafting a running back. You don't need a running back. Especially with this offense, you could throw it every down. Yep. Um, <sighs> well, here's what we're going to do. Because here's, here's the thing. Ultimately, what matters most in 
Def- defensively, what matters most, no matter what, is getting after the quarterback. And in my opinion, I've always been of the mindset that you can never have enough pass rushers, ever. And I would much rather build a team with an elite front four, like four of the best players, and then I'll let the back end kind of – it could be average, guys. Seriously, because if I'm winning every time with four, I don't need to have elite players in the back end. That's what the Giants did when they won mm-hmm. theirs. Yeah, you don't need them. You, you have like – you have – Four guys that will whip five, no matter who it is. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to take Nick Bosa. Like that, Nick Bosa. So that's my third defensive player. So, yeah, Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. That's That looks pretty good to me. And then <sighs> we're going to move back to offense. And look, I could double up on 49ers here and take George Kittle, but I have serious injury concerns with him. And he's at 28. And, you know, Kel, you know Travis Kelsey's getting up there too. So it's kind of a similar deal. Mm-hmm. But who needs a running back when you can run? <laughs> I like that. When you can run little, little jet sweeps. So... George Kittle is, of course, an option, but we are about to round out the the top four receivers for me. And I am loving what I'm about to do here. I'm going to take Debo Samuel as my fourth receiver. To round out the four, yeah. And that guy can basically just play running back. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to get the best of both worlds here. I can split them out. I can put them in the backfield. Um, this was the guy that I uh, felt good about. I doubled up on 49ers right there. Um, yeah. So I, I, now that sets me in the receiver room, and I'm feeling pretty good about that room. Oh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, well, I'm, I'm basically basically going to copy you here because <laughs> I'm also going to take a Bosa because you got to have a Bosa. Yep. are nice for my eighth pick. Um, and then going into my ninth pick, because remember we extended this out to 10, my ninth pick, if you're going to do jet sweeps, I got to do some jet sweeps. <laughs> it might be a different, it might be more of a speed sweep, but I'm going to finally take Tyreek Hill and hope oh. he doesn't tweak a hammy too early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand. So a, we've got Tyreek Hill, you know, that's a great pick round out the, the receiver unit a little bit. Um, now we're three, three deep in receivers plus Travis Kelsey, but also we have the Kansas city gang back together, which I like a lot. Having Tyree killed Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Cause that's proven success. The chiefs did it, man. Yeah. Okay. So now because we've extended, these are my last two picks, correct? Yes. Last two. So here's the deal. Like, Look, I, I might get flamed on the social media machine for this because people don't like people don't like these type of players because they're not the sexy players or not the names that you're like, oh yeah, of course, like you know all this type of stuff. Uh-huh. And but here's the deal: if if I'm going to trust that Josh Allen can stand back there, be okay, deliver the ball on time, but I look at you know I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl and I look across and see the pass rushers you have. Kind of scares me, doesn't it? Yeah. So you need to take someone to protect them. 
And look, here's here's the thing. The best left tackle in the league is Trent Williams. He's 33 years old. He, which in most positions would scare me. But, 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 we've seen Andrew Whitworth play at a pretty high level to 40. We have. And Trent Williams last year, PFF, I believe, had like graded as the highest graded player in all of football. Of all time, actually. Of all time, right. And rightfully so and <laughs> i'm gonna st- i mean it's funny as a seahawk fan that i'm doing this i'm about to take my third straight 49er i'm gonna take trent williams because i need a left tackle and i need someone that can keep josh allen upright and i'm gonna take in my opinion the clear best left tackle in football trent williams okay mm-hmm. yeah. I think that is interesting drafting three 49ers especially because seattle you know you beat the 49ers a lot Mm-hmm. Well, that's because of Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, true. That's really because of him. No, these and, are no. That's a. I, I like that pick. He doesn't. Well, and I also and, and with my and here's the, the youth, but he is yeah. nasty. I mean, that guy's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I mean, send him in motion, and I mean, can you imagine? You know, Trent. I mean, I'll just copy what the Niners do. I'll send Trent Williams in motion to either lead block for the handoff to Debo Samuel or the quarterback power with Josh Allen. I don't think that's going to be fun to deal with. Okay. Um, so that leaves me with one more, correct? Uh, yep. One more pick. Yeah. So I need a corner. Um, and I, I don't love some of the corners, you know, out there after, uh, our guy, Jalen Ramsey. So it's kind of up to me to pick the one that I like the most. And this is where I am going to deviate, I think a little bit from my strategy of taking just guys that are they're not old players um but they're guys that are towards the end of their prime and i'm uh once again because i did not have my list this far back i have to decide between two players so we can fill airtime for a second yeah it's a big pick man Miss- yeah it matters it all matters like you yeah. know you gotta you gotta get these right no you do you do as a GM, you really you got to get these right. I was gonna um, my uh, when I was thinking through the draft strategy, I was like, oh man, I could really mess Alec up if we didn't go with if we didn't go with if I didn't clarify that quarterbacks had to be picked in the first round. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. get him to pick a quarterback, and then you pick a quarterback. Structured <laughs> that a little differently because yeah, that would be that would be kind of mean, man. Because otherwise, second pick would be you could have a huge advantage. Because if they go quarterback mm-hmm. one, you pick position players, quarterback mm-hmm. uh, spots two and three. Then you know. So here's here's what I'm gonna do. I kind of was it was thinking about this, and he's a guy that probably won't be on a ton of people's people's list. But the one thing about this dude is that if I take is that if I take him, um, I feel great about having really what's going to turn into a true, I believe, elite corner in the NFL over the next five years. I'm going to take A.J. Terrell, the Falcons oh. corner. A.J. Terrell, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. PFF loves him too, so I guess it's fitting. That yeah, a guy that I believe is already into kind of pushing the top five area, but within two years um, will be just what I need. And plus, if he has any type of struggles, my D-line will come for him. That's true. No, he can be – yeah, he can be uh... – he doesn't have to be on top of his game all the time because your D-line will be there. Yes. Um, yeah, well, my last pick, I'm like, I don't know if I can go without an offensive lineman. Like, I feel like... Yeah, you're going to run a bunch of 
chumps out there. Exactly. exactly. Mahomes will get killed. By I, my, gotta have it. I gotta have an anchor. Um, I he's gonna get hurt in the playoffs again, like he did a couple years ago. And if not, it'll be in the Super Bowl by my front, by my defensive line. Front seven, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, it's just so nice to. It would have been so nice to draft another just disgusting player. Um, oh yeah, but you gotta be. You gotta build it correctly. But yeah, I gotta build it correctly. I gotta have a cornerstone tackle. Um, I'm gonna pick a young guy who who's still got to develop a little bit, but he's he's already really good. Uh, I'm gonna go Tristan Wirfs from the yeah. Bucks. Good, good, pick. Um, good pick. That's that's who I was. It was either him or Trent Williams. I yeah. took the more established, but that's a great pick. Yeah. So your your guy is more established. He's already like, I mean, he was PFF's like MVP. So yeah, he's right along with our strategy. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we have I think we have some pretty pretty good teams. What was the We'll do this to, to recap it off, um, you know, and we'll post this on social media and stuff, but if you could, if you, what was the one pick that I had that was the most heartbreaking for you? Um, where you're like, Oh, I wanted that guy. And um, I did the same for you where you're so like, here's, I really thought you, you did, you did a great job with picking um, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase right away. Because what I wanted to do was to take one of them. It would have probably been Justin Jefferson if I had my pick. Yeah. Um, which I did, but I wanted, um, you know, I, I wanted to take, in my opinion, the best player in the league at a position that's super important, you know, getting after the quarterback. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted was to take Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson, because I thought that would be perfect. Kind of a little bit, you know, the skill sets are a little, you know, they're somewhat similar, but just having like a younger receiver, like Justin Jefferson, who's probably going to replace the mantle of Devonte Adams. Once Devonte is not the best anymore. Yeah. Um, that would have, that was one. And then the other one that definitely hurt was you taking Micah Parsons. I knew you would take Micah Parsons, but I thought maybe he'd slip through somehow, but, um, yeah, but your not- your strategy of picking the two young wide receivers kind of influenced me to do what I thought I was maybe going to do anyways of just taking guys that are in their prime, maybe coming out of it in the next couple of years, but going all in to win right away in the yeah. five-year window. Yeah, no, that did kind of set the tone for sure. Um, yeah, I was happy to get Micah. I needed Micah. Um, and yeah, I think the pick for me that I was like, oh, dang it, dude was you were really smart to pick Debo. I think I had him fourth or fifth on my board of receivers. Um, And I was like, dude, that like, and, and just the point about him being a running back and bringing some physicality, like, yeah, that's a big one. And I was uh, thinking I might get miles Garrett too. I thought maybe he'd slip under the radar somehow. And then to have Micah TJ and miles Garrett would have been, would have been crazy. And it went right into my, right into the young, you know, young system I had going, but this is a, this is a fun exercise because I think it's pretty clear that we took a little bit of a different approach um, in building these teams. Like I, I feel, I feel more confident looking at my group in the next two years than I would yours. Yeah. But boy, after, you know, in year three, it's fuzzy, but I think year four and five, I think by then enough of my guys will have dropped off that you'll kind of be taking the crown. So it's, it's yeah. interesting just in how the different ways of building it. Another thing that's interesting too, is if you were to like build a team like this, it would be like, who are you filling up the rest of the team with? So like, if you're, if you're filling up the rest of the team with like right. below average guys that like aren't yeah. 
versus guys that are like average, that changes it too. Cause if you have, if you can guarantee that the rest of your team at every position is average, then you don't really need to take a ton of O-linemen. But if they're going to be low average, then you might have to draft three or four O-linemen to make sure you don't have a terrible O-line, you know? Like, I don't know. Exactly. It's interesting to see. Yeah, it, like, you definitely, when you do an exercise like this, you definitely have to set out windows. And, like, even if we did one of these eventually where you did it, like, in a 10-year a window instead of five, then it mm-hmm. would be like, ooh, now you really want to go young, probably, like, below 24, 25, which – that would shake things up too. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I will say this, that if this was a one year, if this was a one year window, you're I think my, what you're taking your team. I, Oh yeah, I would. And actually I wouldn't do the exact same thing I did. If this was a one year window, I would have taken Tom Brady facts. No, I a hundred percent agree. Because I think this team would, would win easily because it's got everything I would need veteran wise. I would, I think I'd cruise, but with five year, you have to kind of balance it. Yeah, you do. No, with one year, there would be, there would be some, some different picks for sure. And honestly, if I was going Tom Brady on a one year, I'd probably take Bill Belichick as my coach. Me too. I think I would too. Yeah. So that's back up and, and Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, yeah, there'd be some different picks for sure, but that would be, that'd be sweet i might have taken like david bakhtiari as one of the picks um, yeah yeah there'd be there'd be some different i would i would have stuck with trent williams i think he can kind of cross whatever but yeah it, it's definitely kind of taking a little different approach to it yeah no i mean trent williams yeah he's he's crazy but um yeah well i'll get these we'll get these uh posted up on on instagram sometime in the next few days and um the podcast will probably be out by um I mean, this was recorded on Friday for those of you listening, but it'll probably be out Sunday or Monday. Give people um, a fresh podcast to listen to at the beginning of the work week. I think that yeah, that would be nice. So, um, yeah, well, thanks for being on the show and thanks for listening, you guys. And uh, we'll be back uh, periodically. It's not a set date, but um, we'll have alerts out and everything. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening and we will see you again soon.